Welcome to Homestand Leafs, powered by Sports Interaction Sportsbook and Casino, your homegrown sportsbook. Bet local. I'm your host, Albert Vartanian, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Justin Pooney. We'll tell you why the Leafs not making a move at the deadline will be the best move. Well, well, on today's show, why Bradtree Living could be punting the Leafs season, what's next for Ryan Reeves and his loose knees, and will Ilya Samsonov be flipped at the trade deadline? Lots to talk about, so let's get this thing started. I'm Albert Vartanian, he's Justin Pooney, and this is Homestand Leafs. Okay, let's start with this. Um, on the latest 32 Thoughts podcast, Elliot Friedman shared his opinion on what he believes the Leafs' approach will be heading into the trade deadline. I, I think they continue to look for defense in every direction. That has been, I, I believe, ever since Tree Living took over, one of the things the brain trust of this team has been doing is figuring out what their defense is going to look like for years to come. And what do they have internally? What can they go out and get? And you know, what's you know, how do they see themselves putting this together? And I, I still do think that's the case. But I stand by what I said. I, I don't think that they are convinced that this is their year. And while I think they will still continue to look at the blue line, I believe the four things they get asked about the most are Nyes, Minton, Cowan, and their first rounder. And especially for anything short-term, they don't want to do any of that. And I know Nyes has struggled this year, but I think that kid's a hell of a player. And I, I just I can't see them doing that at all. Okay, Justin, agree or disagree? The Leafs should stand firm at the NHL trade deadline. I uh, firmly agree with that, Albert. I think this team is in no position to win a Stanley Cup. We've talked about that this entire season, how they're just not built to go up with the likes of the Bostons, the Floridas, Hell, the Tampas, the Rangers, teams like that, especially in the Eastern Conference. And mind the West, the, the Oilers, Vancouver, Vegas, Winnipeg, a team they're going to be seeing uh, tonight. Um, we've heard these reports over the last couple of weeks that the, the, the Leafs in their front office uh, don't really want to swing for the fences uh, at this deadline like they did last year, right? Um, and when you look at the Leafs' past deadline history, um, none of these deals that they've made for rentals or whatever that have really worked out, right? The Ryan O'Reilly situation had some, you know, brief moments of success but he ultimately walked luke shen we talked about uh, on last pod about how well he did with morgan riley that might have been the best then you had the jake muzzin deal which was at that time probably the best deal that leafs have made at the deadline but then of course muzzin got hurt and we've never seen him again um this team you know you do you want to give up a guy like matthew nice do you want to give up a prospect like fraser midden or easton count or their first-round picks, Albert. I don't think that makes any sense. What's the point of mortgaging your future when your future looks pretty bleak, you know, prospect and pick-wise? Um, why not just not take, not punt the season, but just roll the tide and see what you got, right? See what guys like Domi and Bertuzzi and you know, you know, these young, these younger guys that have come in and played admirably on the defense. Were, see what they have in the playoffs, right? See what they can do. Um, and we've kind of talked about it before. Is that you know, Brad Treliving wants to assess this whole situation of his organization uh, this year. And he, he doesn't make moves at the deadline. He doesn't swing for the fences at the deadline. So when I look at this situation, I think um, it just makes the most sense to just stand pat. Uh, and then in the offseason, make your major surgery, make those big moves, and then tinker with the roster. But it doesn't make sense right now where this team is currently situated. Okay, so I don't think they need to make a decision 
just yet. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, I truly believe that this is not a team that can go out and win the Stanley Cup. Maybe if they make some acquisitions, I'll change my mind. But as of right now, no. There's 18 games from now until the trade deadline, which is about 44 days away. So that gives Tree Living, Shanahan, and the Brain Trust, whoever that is, time to assess whether their team is a pretender or a contender. Mm -hmm. And then you have to assess, okay, if if we're true contenders, if we believe that heading into the trade deadline, now are we willing to pay what it costs? To get a a big-name player, not even a big-name player, but a player that's really going to impact your team at the deadline, we know it's going to start with a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. And it's probably going to start with a prospect as well and potentially a player that's on the roster as well, whether it's uh, Nick Robertson or Connor Timmons or or something along those lines. Are the Leafs willing to pay that? And I don't think we'll know that until we get closer to the deadline. Also, I want to say this. I also think it's unacceptable, completely unacceptable, that they decide to punt the season, no matter what position that they're in. Mm -hmm. The Toronto Maple Leafs have a small window. It may seem like a big window after Nylander signed that contract, but the window's not that big. Are you really willing to burn another year of this core four, these players that you invested so heavily in, to change the direction of this franchise and win a Stanley Cup? Mm -hmm. That cannot happen. And I understand, listen, before the season started, the expectation was Dubas was going to come back and all that changed last second. True Living had to come in, do some minor surgery, and in some cases, the moves that he made didn't work, and, and some did. I mean, we can go through Ryan Reeves, which we'll talk about, John Klingberg, yada, 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 so on and so, for, so forth. Max Domi not living up to expectations, Tyler Bertuzzi. But to me, that doesn't really matter. He's here now. Shanahan's been here. Every single season moving forward, as long as you have Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, and William Nylander, you have to push. And it's unfortunate that right now they don't know which which way that they're going. Mm-hmm. But I don't think you can punt on the season. you got to wait a little bit. But regardless of whatever happens by deadline time, I think you have to make a move and do something and do something that can potentially bring you closer to a Stanley Cup. Okay, so this is – I want to propose something to you. Um, do you think that if the Leafs were to make a big swing at the deadline, it should be for a guy who would term on him, not just a straight-up – rental that's going to be a UFA at the end of the season. Yeah. And I bring this back, like, for example, the Canucks. Right. Last year, they traded a first-round pick and some prospects to Detroit for Philip Peronik, who had two years of control. And then you, you know, you get to see what you have in the guy, and then you can determine whether you want to re-sign him. You have him for some term. That's a deal that maybe the Leafs, you know, can make near the deadline. Do I think a deal like that will be out there, especially with a defenseman? Because teams don't really want to trade top four defensemen, especially with term left. I don't think so. Um, on the surface, you're right. You can't punt another season. You but can't. when you look at this situation, Albert, they don't really have a whole lot to give up anymore, right? Nick Robertson, for as well as he's played lately, his value is not as what it used to be on the trade market. You're talking about two prospects at Easton Cowan um, and uh, Fraser Mitten. You have Matthew Nyes, and you have one first-round pick this year. You don't have one next year, and then you have one in 2026. Um, Albert, there's a, situ- a point, a crossroads that the Leafs are reaching where we could keep on burning these future assets, right? Um, but then we're going to end up burning ourselves in the back end. Look at the Los Angeles Rams in the NFL. They sold basically their whole, not, they sold everything, you know. Les needs to F them picks and they got a Super Bowl, right? What happened? They had to take a year off the, the last year, right? Because they had no cap space, nothing to do. They had a good draft and now they were a playoff team. Maybe the Leafs, I'm not saying this is going to be a down year, maybe the Leafs need to not do a full reset, but just take a pause. Let's reassess our cap situation. Let's reassess our prospect situation in the offseason because maybe we can maximize that window. You're talking about the window is shorter. Maybe if they don't 
they don't do anything, and they make the playoffs, and they get knocked out in the first, second round. But in the offseason, they fight able to clear some cap space, make a move that can open this Matthews window, an extra three years on the back end. Something thinking like that, proactive, proactively thinking like that, is a move that could be made. But I just don't see a pure rental move as a smart decision for this Toronto Maple Leafs team going forward for not only this season, but years to come ahead. Yeah, I'm not saying drain the prospect pool completely mm-hmm. and whatever draft capital you, ha- you have left. Because let's be honest, the Leafs don't have the draft capital or prospect no. pool to really make a, a deal at this deadline. But they can. there's a move to be made. Listen, you can flip one of those first-rounders. And I know he mentioned Fraser, Mitt, Neats, and Cowan. Those are two. You still have Dennis Hill to be. He's not going to go. But I'm just looking at the prospect pool. Topi Niemela, a defenseman. Are you willing to part ways with him? Mm-hmm. Noah Chadwick at the moment, who I believe is in the uh, the WHL, big left-shot D-man. Um, are you willing to, to part with those guys? I'm not sure. But when it comes to rentals, yeah, that can't be the case. You can't be bringing in a guy who's a pending UFA unless you know you're going to sign him. Mm-hmm. And I'm hitting towards Chris Tanev. The problem with Chris Tanev is I have I made a list here who I think like the Leafs should really go after if they do decide to. And Chris Tanev is the top of that list. He's a right shot D. He's making four and a half. He's a pending UFA. It's probably going to cost a pick, a prospect, mm-hmm. and let's say Nick Robertson. And and you need some salary retention from Calgary and possibly a third team. So there's a lot of moving pieces in that. Yeah. But I think going after Tanev is a guy who can help now. You sign him to a short-term deal if, if that's what he wants. But you have to have guarantees on the other side. But then you have some other options. You have Nick Sealer from Philadelphia. He's a left-shot D guy. He's making less than a million. He's a pending UFA. You can get him on the cheap. Matt Dumba, another player who's a pending UFA. Hopefully some salary retention on, on the other end. But, I mean, these, these are players you should probably look at. It's not worth mortgaging the future, but you can make a move. And, and that's my sticking point with this whole situation. Don't stand pat when there's moves that you can still make. And you're in the window now, so you have to do something. It's not just like, oh, well, listen, you know, we're not up for it now. We don't have the goaltending. We don't have the defense. Right. We don't have the secondary scoring. No, I'm sorry. That's that's just a, a horrible excuse if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, look, I think if you bring in a guy like you mentioned, even a Sean Walker from Philly, um, you know, Noah Hannafin's out there. You can't afford him. Well, I, I don't think so. Uh, you said Nick Sealer. Um, you know, Adam Bokefist out of Columbus. You add one no, of these. I mean, that, but th- what does he do for your team? That's exactly my point is you add these guys, you know, you add these Mid mid level defensemen, right? Are they really gonna push you over the edge in the Eastern Conference? Are they really gonna help you reach the Stanley Cup Finals this year? I I, I don't think so, right? But there's no move that you can make at the deadline that's mm. gonna make it that will turn a team into a Stanley Cup contender. And that's why I'm saying sometimes the it's best... about strengthening the team. It's not about bringing in one player that's gonna yeah. put you over the top. I get that doesn't exist at the deadline, right? So, but then again, the Leafs aren't in a position where they need to tinker with their roster, put them over the top. They need some major surgery, especially on defense court. You can't do major surgery mid-season. So that's why I'm saying the best move for them long-term-wise, and I get it, in a vacuum, this season is, a, is another wasted year of the Matthews, Marner, Nylander, the core four era, right? It's a burnt year. But sometimes the best move is not making a move, right? Wait, sit, wait, be patient, and then you can assess the landscape of the NHL in the offseason where you can then make big moves and make big, you know situations and shift things around where you can fix really big issues moving forward and I think that might be the smart decision finally for a Leafs team that's always been fairly active uh, at the deadline in the last what five six years I wonder if Tree Living decides to flip Sammy if Sammy keeps playing well I wonder if that's if that's what they're looking at because I feel like they do not trust him at all even (laughs) though he is bouncing back and he's going to start tonight we're we're filming this on a Wednesday at 10 48 a.m. at the moment they play tonight at home against the Winnipeg Jets and either Samsonov is going to start we'll talk about that later um, 
if he starts playing well again, if he's feeding off these performances heading into the deadline, do you look at maybe flipping him or swapping him for another goalie? Get that $3.5 million out for something else. You know, I started right. thinking about that on the way in here. I'm like, why Why are they pushing the Samsonov thing other than, you know, they need to give Martin Jones a rest. They got to wait until Wall comes back. But after that, do you really want to hang on to Samsonov? I don't know. I, I know he's a pending UFA. Exactly. And then you're going to trust him in the playoffs? You see what happened in the first half of the season with him, right? And now he's just starting to find his game. And we think, we think he found his game. We're gonna tonight's gonna be a big test against Winnipeg. Yeah. Um, but his value is still probably super low. Like, what could you really? Would you swap him straight up for Mark Andre Fleury? I don't think both Minnesota making, would even take that deal. Both making three and a half. I don't think Minnesota would touch that deal whatsoever. I think Minnesota, but Minnie might not make the playoffs. Well, exactly. But I don't think Minnesota would want that. I I just think they'd rather trade Mark Andre Fleury to someone else and get draft capital. Right or get some picks or some prospects or whatever, rather than trading him for a reclamation project or a guy who. Well, I mean, you're getting walk. Samson off, who's also a pending UFA. Exactly, but then they're both pending. It doesn't UFAs. make any. It's a lateral move for Minnesota, and I just don't think that they would ever yeah. make that. I'm just decision. looking at the other goalies in the market. You look at Jake Allen in Montreal. I don't think Montreal would trade him to Toronto no. for unless they're getting him like a king's ransom. He's making 3.85 UFA in 2025. Markstrom and Calgary make six million. That's mm-hmm. not happening. John Gibson makes over six million until 2027. Merzlikens, who's now out there, he wants to trade. Mm-hmm. He's 5.4. Like that, can't afford it. The Leafs just can't afford that. Yeah. So you're either stuck with your goaltending or you try and make a move for someone like Marc Andre Fleury, or you. Once again, go into the free agent pool and pick up Yaroslav Halak, which is probably not going to happen. No. At least I hope it doesn't happen for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, okay, let's take a quick break. And after the break, um, we'll get into the Ryan Reeves situation. I mean, we touched mm-hmm. on it in the last episode, but I want to talk about the, the whole kneecap situation. Yeah, yeah. What's wrong with his knees? Mm-hmm. And we'll touch on that after the break. Ryan Reeves. Mm-hmm. He's been activated from the IR. This happened on Tuesday, and that's because Tyler Bertuzzi, who's with his wife uh, waiting for the birth of his child, has been designated as a non-roster player and doesn't count against the team's 23-man limit while away. Tyler Bertuzzi could still play tonight in Winnipeg, uh, but we don't know that information yet. So we touched on the Ryan Reeves thing, how he said, uh, despite being in the IR, he's been healthy for a, few, for a few weeks and he's ready to go. This is from an interview that he did with uh, Luke Fox of Sportsnet. But what he also said in this interview, and we didn't touch on it, is that he's got some serious problems with mm. his knees. So he was in the locker room, I guess, changing, and Luke Fox saw the knee braces on him, a la Stone Cold Steve Austin, the double knee brace, and he asked him about it, and Ryan Reeves said this. He goes, I have, a, I have very loose knees. I've torn both knees, like a ton of times, and I just don't feel comfortable on the ice without them anymore. When he says them, he means the braces. I've tried taking them off, and my knees are so loose that when I cut, like to get out of bed the next morning, sometimes they pop out. So I keep them on. I wouldn't even practice without them. So this this caught me off guard. I couldn't believe it. To me, this is the bigger story than him being healthy and still being in the LTIR. The fact that Bradtree Living gave this guy, you know, four million plus over three years, and he's got significant knee problems. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. This isn't a knock against Ryan Reeves at all. But how does this? How, how does he pass a medical test? How does this get through? Did Bradshaw Living and Shanahan not have this information before giving him this much money? And I'm assuming the thought process was, let's bring this guy in to change the culture, bring in some toughness, hopefully, and we might have to overpay for it. But worst case scenario, we can bury him in the minors because if he, if he passes waivers, mm-hmm. only $200,000 of his cap will count towards the Toronto Maple Leafs salary cap. So it's a bit of a wash in that sense. But still, you have to, to, to question... 
what Tree Living and Shanahan were thinking bringing this guy in with, with, with this significant injury to both of his knees. It's one of the that as with the John Klingberg injury history as well. You have to wonder. You mentioned why is this stuff not you know raising any red flags? If you're getting up out of bed and your knees are loose, uh, I know we all get up out of bed sometimes and we're kind of you know hurting. But imagine <laughs> if we woke up in the morning, our kneecaps were loose. Uh, that's not a good situation at all. Um, and to think about it like this, right? They had to give up Sam Lafferty as a cap dump, basically to keep Ryan Reeves on the roster, right? Sam Lafferty would be a much better fit for this team and playing on that fourth line a lot more consistent than Ryan Reeves has. Now, again, guys like Pontus Holmberg and Nick Robertson playing a lot better as well. So we don't even think Ryan Reeves is going to play. So like you mentioned, you're going to, you gave a guy a three-year deal, almost 4 million bucks to do what? To sit in the minors and pay 200,000 of his salary. That makes no sense whatsoever. Um, the negligence of Bradtree living and the staff to really dive in and have red flags about uh, the medical concerns is very concerning. Look, you got all upset because Radko Gudis got in. Uh, whose face was it? Uh, Joe Wall. Joe Wall's face against uh, when they eliminated Toronto. And then all of a sudden, ah, oh, it's all over the front pages of Toronto newspaper. We got to change our mentality. We got to change. But well, that wasn't the sole reason. It wasn't the sole reason. But again, Brad Trillian comes and sees the narrative, sees the painting on the wall that the Toronto Maple Leafs are soft. And they are a soft team. So let's make a rash decision. Get Like Bill Guerin said, back up the Brinks truck for Ryan Reeves. Right? That was not a smart decision. If you sign him to a one-year deal like they did, at least with the Klinberg situation, he's gone after next year, after this season. You don't have to worry about him ever again. Ryan Reeves, you have two more years of this, right? That right there is so damn concerning for me. If I was a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, like, what the hell is my front office thinking? Giving a guy that much money, that much term, with bad knees. There's a reason he can't skate. Well, it's and not, he it's looks not so even just slow. the bad knees, too, Justin. It's the guy can't really play. Well, he can't skate because he has bad knees. Oh, well, yeah, there's that, too. Right? Like you said, he's playing with knee braces. He needs knee braces to skate. Yeah, which I'm sure That's, a lot of players do. I'm sure But you is. never hear this. You like, never hear it. I but... have to pop them back in sometimes when I get out of bed. That's you can't. This, guy's making, this guy's making four sheets. Exactly. Right? It just makes no sense to me. Um, if I'm, you know, Brendan Shanahan, or if I'm ownership, I'm like, well, you give two contracts up to guys with prior injury history, and they're on IR before even All-Star break. Right? It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Um, and again, it's just another epic failure of the Bradtree living signings. <laughs> epic failure yeah, of is. epic proportions. Yes. I will say, listen, they can end up burying this thing in the in the minors. But do you think there's any chance that another team would take a chance on Ryan Reese on no. waivers, pick him up? No. It's a no. lot of money. But no I'm thinking of like pay. maybe some bottom dwellers, maybe Chicago. Chicago's got like 18 million in cap space. I mean, they just signed Peter Mrazek to a two-year deal this morning. So they're... they're Pete, re- big Pete Mrazek. Yeah, you know, I think Jason Dickinson got a new contract extension. So they're doing... They're just retaining their own players to hit the cap floor. Nobody's going to touch Ryan Reeves with a 20-foot pole now that they heard about his knee problems. Forget it. Let him sit in the minors then. You're never going to hear from him again. Um, this could actually benefit the... Um, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs because he comes out and says his knees are not good. Well, the Leafs could just be like, oh, you're not healthy and just throw him on LTIR and never have to see him again. Right? The Leafs obviously didn't want anybody to know what was going on. Probably no. not with his knees and the fact that he's been healthy and on the LTIR. They don't want this noise. That's why as soon as they got back from that Western road trip, he's been activated on IR. I think he goes down. I have a feeling we'll probably hear about mm-hmm. it today. It's probably going to drop during this podcast where we hear yeah. about Ryan we- Ryan Reeves, excuse me, going on waivers so it's just uh it's an interesting situation mm-hmm. i was not expecting ryan reeves his name to pop up as much as as it has this season it's but a- i will say this 
and maybe I'm wrong, but based on what I'm seeing since he's entered the Toronto Maple Leafs organization, there has been a bit more toughness from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like, I've seen Matthews the other night. He jumps into a scrum, and we couldn't really see what happened because the broadcast went to commercial break immediately, Mm -hmm. but you saw him get in there. John Tavares has been jumping in a lot more often. Morgan Riley's playing a lot tougher. I don't know if that's because of Ryan Reeves. I have no idea. It's because of the lack but of Ryan they are playing. But they are playing with a bit more snot. So is that Reeves? Is that just a team? I don't know. I think maybe. But so, there, has been, there has been a small tweak with this team. I think what really happened was that whole Boston situation that like we talked about with Tim. Well, they were Miller. embarrassed. They were embarrassed. And then they had to answer all the questions in the media and stuff like that. So when you have your your, your manhood question or your character question <laughs> yeah. uh, in the media That's for true. countless amount of times, a countless yeah. amount of years, and I look, I've done it as well to them on this pod as well. But um, the lack of not well, having ra- your, your manhood has been questioned before. On this pod? Never. No, just in general. No, never. Nobody ever questions that. Okay. Um, <laughs> but um, I think the lack of having Ryan Reeves around um, kind of forced everybody to act a bit tougher because you don't have that guy there that's going to you know come in and clean up the mess. Mind you, he didn't really do anything. The highlight of his time in Toronto was the first game where he came out, flexed his muscles, got in a fight with uh, Jaka from Montreal, got his, got his lunch handed to him, and then you never really... He tripped over the nets. Yeah. Uh, I, never mind, China. Jack guy's been killing guys. You see what he yeah, did in the AHL the other day? In the oh a, my yes, God. in the AHL, he's been absolutely lighting guys yeah, up. But, he's a beast. Um, after that, you know, the Ryan Reeves experience has just gone down, 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 down. So, again, I think Ryan Reeves is saying this because he's frustrated. He wants to play. He no, I don't want, blame him. And, he listen, and you can't. You have to commend the guy. He wants to play. Yes, exactly. Um, Give but him credit. When you come out and say that, you're also sabotaging the fact that you're putting out information out there where other teams will not want to go near you if you least want to move you. Well, hell, now the least could say, well, yeah, he's right. His knees are bad. We don't have to play him. No, we don't want to risk his career and his life, right? They can pull that card. <laughs> so I just, I, I, I think, I get Ryan Reeves wants to play, but sometimes you just need to, sometimes the best thing is not to say anything. It's right? it's nice to see some heart on this team. It is. It from is. a player who's saying, listen, but he's also he, he can just himself. sit around in the press box or with the Marlies and collect his money. Mm-hmm. And no one would bat an eye. Be like, okay, there's just another yeah. player who's collecting his money from the Toronto Maple Leafs. But no, he's like, I've been healthy. I want to play. He knew exactly what he was doing when he did that interview. But anyway, we'll, we'll see where that goes. So let's take a quick little break, and we'll come back. We'll talk about Ilya Samsonov mm-hmm. starting tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. And also Burton Pooney's bankroll booster to wrap up the show. All right, Justin. So we talked about this on the last show on who we think should start tonight. We now know who will start yeah. tonight in goal for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it's not Martin Jones. Martin Jones is tired. Martin yes. Jones needs his rest. Martin Jones is also a third-string goalie who shouldn't be playing as many games. He's on the bench. Ilya Samsonov gets to start uh, back-to-back, which I believe he hasn't started two games in a row since December 11th when he got the, the shutout in Nashville and then played against the New York Islanders. So this is the first time in a long time for Elias Samsonov. Toronto Maple Leafs hoping he can bounce back, regain some of his confidence. He was talking yesterday um, after practice, and he just he seems like he's in a good place. He even mentioned the fact that his parents flew in on December mm-hmm. 28th, and he's been having heart-to-hearts with his father. He's been getting encouragement from his wife and his child. And it just seems like things are going in the right direction, and he's just thinking about the here and now rather than, or rather than what happened before. And confidence issues. He's like, it's just about the next stop. And and the Leafs need him to bounce back. This is a tough game tonight against Winnipeg, one of the best teams in the NHL. Mm-hmm. They don't allow a lot of goals. We've seen that. And this is a massive test, I think, for Samsonov and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, no, look, I'm 
was really impressed by his comments yesterday, especially when he was talking about his family. It kind of puts everything in perspective, right? When things that in the outside world that are seeming to be crashing and burning down in front of you, sometimes you just need the people that are closest to you to kind of center you and kind of, you know, not shield you from everything else, but in a, in a way, yeah, shield you from everything else. And I think just the perspective of having his parents around him, having his family support around him, uh, was something that uh, was very impressive to talk about and commendable to talk about in the public like that. Um, I believe that when I first heard this news yesterday that Samsonov was going to start, uh, I was like, I don't know if it's the right situation. But it does make sense because this game is in Toronto, right? Saturday, they're in Winnipeg. And it's a bit of a... It's a safer place to play. You know, a goalie, you're better. You're more into your routine when you play at home, right? You understand the, the bounces and the, the nooks off the the boards and stuff like that. Uh, you have the home crowd behind you. It's not a hostile environment, which Winnipeg is. So uh, when you look at the two games that this week between the Jets that there is, um, the higher difficulty one is, of course, the one on Saturday night in Winnipeg, hockey night in Canada, all of that you know uh, the whole country is going to be watching. Whereas a Wednesday night game, yes, while it's big, um, it's at home. And I think that is something that factored in the decision of Sheldon Keefe and probably Bradtree Living and probably Brendan Shannon as well. Like, okay, let's give this guy, you know, a little bit of rope. Let's, you know, build on his confidence. He gets another home game after a long road trip. Um, you know, he gets to, you know, play in front of the home crowd. He plays against the Winnipeg team, one of the best teams in the league. He's not playing a, a San Jose and Anaheim or whatever. He's playing the best team in the Central Division. So let's see what we got here. Um, and then if all goes to, you know what, he doesn't have to play on the next game is on until Saturday where Martin Jones will start anyway. So he's going to have time and time to practice and get ice work and, you know, fix whatever goes wrong tonight. So I think this was the smartest decision that they could make is give Samsonov some confidence, but also kind of shelter him from a hostile environment that's going to take place in Winnipeg on Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised if Samsonov gets a Saturday start if this is a good start tonight. Yeah. Why would you go back to him? Keep the confidence going. Yeah, I Listen, mean... Listen, I said this a couple of weeks ago when they were playing Detroit on that back-to-back on a mm-hmm. Sunday and Samsonov was starting, and it was Reimer Samsonov, mm-hmm. and I said, that is must-watch TV. Tonight, against the Jets, Samsonov in net is must-watch TV. And if he gets the net again on Saturday, <laughs> heading into the break, that is must-watch TV. Uh, the reason I like him starting tonight is because if he does have a bad outing, yeah. you go to Jones on the Saturday and have a, I think you'd have probably a better chance to win if we see the old Samsonov or the recently old Samsonov. Right. And you won't have Samsonov stewing on a loss from the All-Star break on. And I think for the Leafs, you want to go into the break on a win and give yourself a, a really good chance to win. For sure. But like I said, with that said, if, if he has a good outing, they win the game, I think he gets the net on Saturday again. You got to keep going as much as you possibly can. They have what? Two games slated for the next 12 days? That's mm-hmm. a lot of time off. That's a lot of time off for Martin Jones. So you can give Samson at both starts. You can, but you also want to get Martin Jones back into the net as well because you wonder about his confidence because he hasn't played that well late. You want to get him playing well. You want both goalies playing well. The best case scenario for the Toronto Maple Leafs would be Samsonov comes in tonight, plays well, they win. Then you take, put Martin Jones in on Saturday. He plays while you win. And you have both goalies playing with an equal amount of confidence, defeating the Winnipeg Jets, right? You go into the All-Star break, everybody's happy. Everybody's everybody's playing well. Everybody's at the top of their game, goaltending-wise, excuse me. Um, that would be the best-case scenario. Um, but as for tonight, you know, there is the chance where, you know, Samsonov could, you know, have a couple... You could have played, not played his best game, and at least you have a safety net going back to Martin Jones on Saturday. So that's why I think it was the smartest move to make. Mm. Um you're going to need him, though. You're going to need him go at post-All-Star break. You're going to need Samsonov to play, you know, 
well. You know, we saw on Sunday where it went down to like right before puck drop where we finally figured out who the starter was. So now to put it out there a day before, um, ample time for everybody to know that he is the starter. And not only for, you know, the teammates and the team, but for Samson himself. He can get into that routine. Okay, I'm starting tonight. Get into his game day routine like that. And I feel that goalies with, that are such creatures of habit, that is something that he needs to get back into that routine of being a number one goalie, being a starter. And that's what the Leafs gave him uh, tonight. How about, though, if he has a bad start? Ooh, that's not good. They better it's hope Joseph Wall. comes back full circle. They though. better hope Joseph Wall is ready to rock and roll. Yeah. I saw a picture of him. He's on the ice at practice there. He wasn't practicing, but he's on the ice. Exactly. Was... So we don't know how far Joseph Wall is, right? And, uh, yeah. If Samsonov starts playing well them. and Jones is playing well, well again, that gives you time to not rush Joseph Wall back where he can further injure himself or he's just not on the top of his game and you're, he's playing catch-up, right? So yeah. if Samsonov and Jones can play well and hold the fort down, that affords Wall more time to come back and you know come back when he's fully 100% ready. Yeah, I'm feeling good about Samsonov. I hope for another bounce back. It's going to be a tough game tonight it is. against the Jets. And I think Justin Pooney, mm-hmm. it's time for Burton Pooney's Bankroll Booster brought to you by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. Bet local. All right. Like we keep mentioning, it's the Leafs against the Jets tonight in mm-hmm. Toronto. Currently a sports interaction. The Leafs minus 135 favorites. The Jets plus 110. The total is at six. What do you got for us, Justin Poole? I'm going to go with the Winnipeg Jets money line. They're plus one and a half on the puck line, like you mentioned. Uh, you can get the Jets money line at sports interaction at plus 105. Look, the Jets are a legit squad, Albert. They're one of the best teams in hockey. Uh, I believe they haven't allowed – they've allowed two – or two goals or fewer in 14 of the last 15 games. That helps when you have Connor Hellebuck in net, and that helps when you have an elite, not an elite defense, but you have a very good, solid defense core. Um, and then also, I'm going to take Kyle Connor uh, to score. He's got 18 goals this season, only played 29 games. Of course, he was out with injury. He was just named an all-star the other day as an injury replacement. So I think Kyle Connor's got a whole lot of confidence. He's one of the best goal scorers, most underrated goal scorers in hockey. Kyle Connor finds the back of the net at plus 105, and the Jets money line once again at plus 105. All right, I'm going with something that's a bit risky, but I like it. I'm going with the captain, John Tavares, mm. to break his streak of not scoring in nine games, plus 220. The guy's got 17 shots over his last five games. One of them has to go in. Something's got to give. And I think that happens tonight against the Winnipeg Jets. All right, so that was the Burton Poonies bankroll booster brought to you by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book. That local. All right, that's it from us here at Homestand Leafs. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget, we drop new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes, that's Homestand Leafs three times a week. And you can find us anywhere you download your podcasts, including Apple and Spotify. And don't forget, guys, to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Five stars, please. That will make Justin Pooney a very happy man. Also... If you want to send in a question, either through an email or a voice message, send them to Leafs at HomestandSports.com. We'll read our player questions, concerns, or insults towards Justin Pooney on our Friday episodes. That email, again, is Leafs at HomestandSports.com. And for Justin Pooney, I'm Albert Vartanian, and this has been Homestand Leafs.